Hello and welcome to ASI, Attitudes of Sexual Integrity. This is Russ Shaw. It is April 3rd, 2006 as this is being recorded and right now ASI is number one in addiction. Not just sex addiction, not just porn addiction. That's number one on iTunes. iTunes is the most popular uh, aggregate software for doing podcasting. Uh, number one in addiction. Why is that? I want to address some of that on the show today. I think that uh, the addiction to sex and pornography is way bigger than most people want to look at. That's probably part of it. But I have a different take on how I look at addictions, and I want to talk about that today in the show and do some thank yous as to why ASI is available, why there is an ASI, why I do what I do. I'm a messed up individual. I'll just tell you that. I'm a broken person. I'm a car accident. But uh, like I said in the last episode, you know, I'm getting fixed. I'm in the body shop. I'm getting my dents pounded out. What made ASI what it is? Why am I here? What am I doing? Why do I do this show? Week in and week out, I get on the uh, tape recorder here and do this show. I pour my heart out there because I am not afraid to do that. I use that uh, car accident analogy from uh, a reality show called Breaking Bonaducci. Danny Bonaducci, uh, for those who haven't seen it, it's a child star and he uh, had, you know, he's got a pretty good radio career, I guess, in in uh, L.A. or Malibu, but uh, or he had one. But you know, he. He talks about, in the beginning of the show, the intro of the show, kind of dramatic music comes, and and he says, uh, if somebody wouldn't ask me if I'd uh, been on faith with my wife, I probably wouldn't be here. That's kind of like talking about the bomb going off, and the uh, narrator asks, uh, who is Danny Bonaducci? And he says, uh, you know, broken, lost. He says, uh, messed up. He says... I'm not real clear on who Danny Bonaducci is. And I've done shows on that, a lot of shows on uh, identity. But I think the greatest part of the intro to that show is where he says, uh, he says, I'm a car accident, man. He says, and you have every right to slow down and look at the car accident. And that's the same thing with me. I fillet my heart open here, and I tell you folks uh, what happened with me. How did I get over this kind of addiction because it is probably one of the toughest addictions to conquer any addiction tied to sex uh, there's so much research on how sex addiction is uh, is becoming more and more a debilitating type of behavioral addiction people lose their families people lose their jobs people lose their reputations people go to jail So I want to welcome you, any one of you out there who are addicted to anything. What does that mean? Addictions. What are addictions? Uh, I'm a Christian. I believe this. Okay. We are at this time in history right now for a reason. You are listening to my voice right now. 
wherever you're at for a reason. It's not just a happenstance. It's not just a, an accident. And I know you, maybe you don't believe that. Maybe if you were a Christian, you don't believe that, and that's fine. I didn't believe it for a long time. I'd left the church for five years. I was PO'd at the church because I didn't understand who I was, and these people didn't know me. You don't know me. Don't point your finger at me and tell me this and that about my life and who I am and who you think God is. Who is Jesus anyway? Where does Jesus get off? You know, I had all these questions. I didn't know what was going on in me. I didn't know what the Bible was all about. I had been tricked. I had been uh, sold a bill of goods by a lot of uh, other churches out there. And it wasn't just the other churches. It was. I grew up in a, in a kind of a... Bible thumping kind of a church, and I and I describe that as Bible thumping, as using the Bible to strike other people. There's nothing wrong with judging someone else, I believe, but if you judge that person and and that person backs away from you, or they feel like they have been struck by you, or if you are judging someone and saying, "Here, uh, I'm going to throw this down as a as a way of saying I am so much holier than you are, and you're just so messed up, and you need to fix yourself." Well. All this crap that I had in my, my system was a part of who I was at the time. I didn't realize that God loved me. I didn't realize that I was created for a purpose. I didn't understand any of that. And that's another thing I love about the Bonaducci show. is Danny Bonaducci starting, starting this reality show. I mean, he's not just... Uh, He's not just a sex addict. He's not just an alcoholic. He's not just a drug addict. But he is all that stuff tied into one. And that's who I was. I had an alcohol overdose when I was 16 years old. I broke into my stepdad's house, stole a half gallon of Bacardi and some other booze, shared it with my friends. But I milked this half gallon of Bacardi until I had drank most all of it. My stomach was pumped three or four times, and I died for two minutes. Now, people say, did you have a near-death experience, Russ? Did you see the light? No, I don't remember probably 18 hours that whole day. All I remember is they cut off my favorite Van Halen shirt at the time, and they cut all my clothes off with a pair of scissors, and I woke up in the hospital saying a plethora of swear words, opening my eyes and seeing my deeply religious aunt standing over me. So that's where I was at the time. Didn't know who I was. I was into cocaine. I uh, trafficked cocaine for a little while. I sold it. I bought it. I sold it. I was the distributor in between. Marijuana. I smoked pot since I was 14 years old. I sold it, I distributed it, I did all that too. I, I was a bad, bad guy. I ran with a bad group of kids and uh, went to jail a couple of times. But it all was fueling this uh, alcoholic uh, meth, you know, getting into that whole world of making meth. And I did that, you know. These other guys, they knew how to do that stuff. Go buy cold medicine and we'll make it into meth. And we did that. We sold it at parties. And I mean, I just—I was a horrible person. I was feeding this this uh, monster in me that just wanted to—I would—I would, you know, just wanted to feed, you know. And that's why I talk about the vampire. I use that analogy of the vampire. We are all. Uh, to a certain degree, have that vampire inside of us, and we have this identity that may take us over. And if we don't understand who God is, that's what intimacy is with God. Because religion is religion. Having a spiritual life is an intimate relationship with your Creator. And when I finally figured that out, uh, 
uh, my whole world changed. When I understood that God loved me and put me here for a reason, and maybe that reason is you hearing my voice right now. Maybe that's part of that reason, but I'll tell you what. When I understood that, my whole world changed. Because I understood it. Not because it was shoved down my throat. I had all these relatives that looked at me as the long-haired guy with the, you know, the slack-jawed leather jacket, rock and roll attitude, and they just shook their head at me and, no, we're going to pray for Russ. We're going to do that. We've got to pray for Russ because he's just a mess. and Drug-addicted, alcoholic mess. Poor Russ, you know, we'll pray for you. And I love that Good Samaritan story because it's kind of like that. Here's this guy beaten up and thrown in the ditch and all these uh, Pharisees, the religious people are walking by. I'm going, oh, well, I'm kind of in a hurry, but uh, I'll pray for you, brother, on my way to church. I'll do that. I'm going to pray for you because I care about you and I love you. See ya. And then the the, the Samaritan uh, picks up the the wounded person and, and takes him home and, and brings him and, and that's what that's what I hope I can do for some of you is to get in your heart and get you to understand that uh, that this whole life thing it, it's uh, it's pretty cool after all and I can say that now and I know you're probably listening to my voice going man it is not cool on my end right now Russ my life is a freaking mess it's a disaster it's falling apart I've thought about suicide I have too uh, several times when I was 16 I probably part of me was wanting to die at that point. I just wanted to drink myself until it didn't hurt anymore. And maybe some of you are there right now. And I just want you to encourage you to hold on. Just hold on, man, because it gets better. I promise you it gets better. You're bleeding, you're hurting, and I've been there, man. I've been in that state of mind, bleeding all over the place. Who the heck am I? Why am I here? This is horrible. I just want to die. I remember that. I remember being in that place. Don't let that vampire take you over, man. That vampire is trying to tell you that the only way that you can conquer it is to die. And that is not uh, that is not how it is. That's not right. It's not what your life is all about. I can say that because I've been there. I'm not a holy roller. I'm not a real religious person. I believe in relationship with God, not religion. Uh, religion is, uh, is, is in the way of that a lot of times. Uh, I speak about religion as uh, maybe some of the legalistic rules. We put all these rules down and we figure if we jump through all these hoops then God's going to love us. Not true. Uh, Jesus came to say that. The whole message of Jesus Christ is to say that uh, there is a broken relationship between God and man, and I am here to, to fix that. So, why is my show marked explicit? This is an explicit show. I was a sex addict. That was my main addiction that brought me to my knees. I quit drinking to a certain extent. I still may have a beer every so often, a glass of wine, uh, but I'm not uh, an alcoholic. I don't drink. Uh, it doesn't debilitate me. I don't I don't think that ever since I had my alcohol overdose, it has. Maybe I've got points where I was relying on alcohol to a certain degree to medicate me. Episode 6, I talked about that, and I'm probably going to go back and do an addendum to that, because I don't want people to think that I traded one addiction for another, because I have not. 
But at, and when I, at Christmas, when I recorded episode six, I was kind of evaluating the fact that I would have three or four beers, uh, maybe every night, just to, to just to get that little buzz, you know, just to take that little edge off. A lot of people talk about that, and I just had to uh, examine that and find out why. Why did I do that? Why was I relying on, on a substance to make me feel better? So that's where I was at with that, and I don't want people to think that I'm any kind of an alcoholic or anything like that, because I wouldn't listen to me either if I was a person who was just trading one addiction for another. I don't believe in that. I believe firmly in what Corinthians says in the Bible. Uh, Paul talks about all these folks in this uh, highly sexualized culture called the Corinthians. I mean, there was just prostitution everywhere. People would go to church and have sex with prostitutes because that's what uh, that's what they did in the Greek uh, the Greek god Aphrodite and that's just how it was the most beautiful women would be prostitutes in that culture and you would go down and you would have sex with them uh, leaving your offering and uh, it was a very I mean you think our culture is bad now that was pretty extreme now people would come to this Christian thing and say yeah I want to be a Christian because that's cool Jesus forgives my sins I can go back and you know do whatever I want and Paul came to say no uh, you are not to be mastered by anything. If something is mastering you, if some substance or some behavior has taken you over and it's controlling you and you're not controlling it, then that is a problem. That is why the Bible was written. Man, it's not a big book of rules out there to destroy your fun. It is a better way of doing life. It is a more joyous way of, of doing life. So that's why I just want to thank God in this show. Thank God that you never gave up on me, Lord, because I am a disaster, I'm a mess, and I gave up on, on church. I don't know if I ever gave up on God. I was popping in and out of Christian radio every so often, kind of listening and, you know, kind of mad at God. I was just pissed off at God for a long time. But the reason the show is marked explicit is because, uh, because you know, I try and keep the show uh, PG-13 most of the time, but this is, you know, sex is a frank subject. You don't just listen to this show while you're driving around the car with your five- or six-year-old. You don't do that. I talk about masturbation. I talk about people cheating on each other. I talk about, you know, people getting into group sex and orgies and things like this. Uh, homosexuality and... and you, Dangerous homosexual, heterosexual behavior. Why just looking at porn uh, and masturbating to it, using it for our own uh, self gratification? Why that is so dangerous? I talk about that stuff, and you can't, you know, like I say, you can't uh, address these this subject without being frank. I believe, and I talk about intimacy a lot too, but. Sex is a part of that. Sex is tied to intimacy. And that's another reason I just thank God for my wife. Thank God my wife sticking with me because I was bought this, sold this uh, bunch of goods from this culture we live in that tries to tell us that sex is just something that we can use as like a product, man. Like a like a bag of potato chips. Something to fill me for the short term, just to satisfy me and to fill up my little sexual gas tank. And that's not what it's all about. It's not. And I had to learn that. 
I had to learn also that, that my excess is not rebellion. I heard a song by a band called Cake, and they're talking about this, uh, uh, how do you afford your rock and roll lifestyle. And I thought it was a funny song about how people who think they're in rebellion and think they're, oh, yeah, I'm this cool rebel guy, you know, you're, you're buying into to their products, man. You're buying into the whole sexuality thing. Average man sees thousands of images that have to do with advertising and sexuality. It piques our interest. And we buy it, you know. We think we're being rebels. Oh, yeah, I'm the bad boy. But you know what? You're, you're buying what they're selling. Just like the cake song says, excess isn't rebellion. You're buying what they're selling. Your self-destruction doesn't hurt them. You know, they, 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 they're profiting off of you. Human love is different than God's love. I want to talk about that for a minute. Intimacy is understanding God's love for us when we finally figure out that God really does love us furiously. I mean, He doesn't just, you're not just some number out there. You're not just in this alien ant farm. That's what I used to think. Oh, God doesn't really love me. I'm just this guy in this alien ant farm. But here's the deal God does care about you. He does. He knows you. He knows the day you were born. He had it in a book. He dated it out. He plotted it out the exact date that you were going to be born, what race you were going to be, who your parents were, how many hairs are on your head. God knows every strand of DNA in your body. He is uh, infinite. He loves you that much. He delights in you. He dances over you. He loves you. You open up your arms and you run to Him like your father, even when you've screwed up, even when you're bleeding on the ground. He loves you. But you need to understand that for yourself. You need to go down deep and figure out uh, who is God and why is uh, why is insert your name here. And that's intimacy. We don't understand how to do intimacy that well as human beings. We don't. Some of us are better than others. Going back to the uh, Danny Bonaducci analogy, I remember his wife uh, gave him a gift when he got back from rehab. And it was... Uh, like a window that she wrote on uh, the lyrics to a song by the Foo Fighters called Best of You. And this song must have touched her heart in a way. Uh, Danny didn't really get it when he gave it to her. When she gave it to him as a gift, he didn't really understand it. But the, the, the lyrics to the song I actually played at the end of episode 11, which was my interview with Dr. Joel Block, who wrote a, the best book on intimacy I've ever read called Naked Intimacy. Strongly recommend that book. Uh, he said, you know, I don't understand. What, what are you talking about? You know, the lyrics to this. Uh, wh- wh- who am I without your noose and stuff like that? Oh, yeah, that's a great gift. You know, he kind of laughed it off. But that, that song is all about someone who does not how to know how to do intimacy. That whole song is written by, if you listen to the words to that song, it is written by someone who doesn't understand intimacy. I didn't understand intimacy. I didn't understand intimacy with God. I didn't understand intimacy with my wife. What does that mean? You know, we leave and cleave. We leave our our parents and we cleave to our wives. Well, I, I kind of closed off to my parents. My parents got divorced at a very young age and I was... Uh, I was emotionally detached from them. I never got to grieve out that divorce. And I I challenge you, if there's anybody out there listening to my voice who may be going through a divorce and you have kids, let them feel, let them grieve that out. Uh, Get them to cry about it, man. I mean, don't, don't 
get in their face and get try and control them and stuff. But they have feelings about this divorce and maybe remarrying or something like that. Or maybe you have. Maybe you have a teenager in your house. This is who I was. And you got divorced when you were eight. And that, that kid has never got to grieve out that divorce. They've never got to feel the sorrow and just, oh, you know. Maybe they get, need to get pissed off at you. Maybe they're they're piercing every uh, thing hanging off their body right now and tattooing their face and their hands and all this stuff. And why are they doing that? Because they're identifying with their vampire, with their red lizard, with with whatever it is inside them that is attaching themselves to their sin. And the Bible says, "Blessed are those who grieve." They need to get it out. They need to get out those hurt, sore feelings and and you know just process them. That's who I was. I never got to do that. And, it, and I fed into drugs and alcohol and all that stuff just to make me feel alive. I needed to feel something. Guys will listen to the show. And, you know, oh, Russ is talking about sharing your feelings. We're all going to share and get a tissue and, and feel. Well, you know what? You're going to feel, all right? You are. Because I had that attitude, too. Oh, this is stupid. We're going to sit around and talk about our feelings. Come on. I'll tell you, it can be the greatest adventure you've ever had. But there's some other past shows I want to check out. You can check out to, to get that into your head. But the facts are, you will look for something to make you feel something. You will. If you're not feeling something now, you are going to go in and you're going to probably go in some self-destructive type of way. Get yourself to feel. You know, you're standing in divorce court. You're going to feel something, all right? You're going to get emotionally naked in there, and it's not going to be pretty. That is what it's all about. They're not being afraid. Not being afraid to be emotionally naked, to be who you really are once you figure out who that person is. So I go back to that Napoleon Dynamite uh, analogy, that movie Napoleon Dynamite, where here's this geeky kid who's kind of trying to figure out who he is and what he's good at and stuff like that. And that movie is such a great illustration of being comfortable in your own skin. Napoleon Dynamite was not afraid to be who he was. He was not afraid to search out who he was. And once he uh, found out that he was good at certain things, he wasn't afraid to share that with the rest of the world. That's why that movie, I think, has got such a cult following. It's such a huge hit among our generation. Here's a movie that doesn't have any overt swear words in it. It doesn't have any real violence, unless you count being beat up in the hallway violence. Uh, no big sex scene or anything like that. There's no nudity. But it has captured a generation. Why? Because people are so afraid to be themselves. And here's a guy, Napoleon Dynamite, who goes out there and he is, is himself. He goes out there and he dances <laughs> in the movie. If you've seen the movie, if you haven't seen the movie, get it. But it, uh, he, he dances, man. And, and he blows everybody away. Everybody was not ready for Napoleon Dynamite to do that. But he did, and it blew them off their, their seats. We all have a dance like that. We all have something in us that has made that God made us for. That movie is a great illustration of being comfortable in your own skin and being who you are and not giving a crap what other people think about that. Because here's the deal. Before you can give a crap what other people think, you need to understand who you are. And I talk a lot about that in this show. And this show is dedicated to my wife and a thank you to my wife because this show would not be possible without her. 
It wouldn't be. My wife believed in me when I didn't believe in myself. My wife saw glimpses of who I was underneath it all, underneath all the crap and the garbage that was taking me over, all the vampire that had me thinking that I was my sin. And if you're addicted to anything out there, if you're listening to this show and you're an addict of any such kind, you are not your behavior. You are not your sin, all right? I want you to understand that. Maybe you don't have somebody in your life who is who is uplifting you and, up, and holding you. And my wife, you know, for the most part did that. She uh, didn't always uplift me. She would tear into me at times. She would get very angry with me. She would uh, tell me she didn't love me sometimes and freak out on me. Was that okay? No. And she said said that. She said that's not okay. But you know, wherever you're at in your life right now, I want you to understand that all of this stuff is not who you are. At the core, soul, innermost part of who you are, you need to understand and find out who that is. You're not uh, whatever you're addicted to. If you're a gambler, you're not just a big gambling mess, alright? Risk-taking is okay. We need to take risks in life to be alive. But gambling is not who you are. You're not this monster who destroys everything. That's what I had to find out. I'm not just this person who hurts people. That is not who Russ Shaw is. But when you start to identify with, whether it be gambling, whether it be food, whether it be whatever your addiction is, drugs, alcohol, you are not the monster. You have chemicals running through your mind that are trying to keep you in the place you're at. And you need to take on those chemicals because you can, because I have. And I've conquered this whole sex addiction thing, and you can too. Whatever you're addicted to, chemical, non-chemical, you can do it. I believe in you. How can you say that, Russ? You don't even know me. You know what? I do know you because I was you. I know how it feels to have a behavior take you over and you keep going back to it. You keep going back to it. I don't want to do this. Being down on my knees, having my head pressed against the concrete, going, God, no, please help me stop this behavior. That's who I was. And thanks to God, thanks to a lot of people in my life, but most of all, I want to thank my wife after God, of course, God was the biggest reason, but uh, God is the biggest helper. God is there above everyone, but my wife is the person, the human being on this planet who really got behind me and, and understood me and helped me understand who I was. After all the anger, after all the tears, after all the freaking out and wanting to leave me, wanting to strike me, wanting to hurt me because she was hurt so incredibly bad, I did that. I hurt her. Part of my addiction was the fact that I just thought, you know what, I'm this person who hurts people. I am the vampire. What do vampires do? They feed. They hurt people. They lurk in the darkness. They suck the life energy out of other folks. That was my addiction. That wasn't who I was. And when I realized that my heart, the essence of who I am, is not tied to some kind of a behavior that gives me something, that feeds me something, that's making me a slave to it. When I saw that thing and identified it, that's when I could take the wooden stake and shove it right through its heart. But I had to go into my heart to find that thing out. I stuck the wooden stake into the vampire and I pounded that sucker right into it and I killed it. And you can do that too.
Now people in the 12-step program are kind of going to hear that and think that, oh, Russ, are you saying you're never going to fall to sex addiction again then and you're all cured? Well, you know what? My life is a process. And part of the thing is that one of the things I disagree with about 12-steppers is that uh, you are your goal in life is not to be sober. Your goal in life is to find out why the heck you are here and who the heck you are and to keep following that until the day you die because that is where joy is. That is where the real you lives. I heard a guy named Brad Wolgamont say this in a, in a big uh, meeting that he was doing. He said that uh, when your body fills with emotions, when you get to the place where you reach your heart to a certain level, and tears start flowing out of your eyes, guys, that is just the emotional heart connection between your flesh and your heart. You've dropped that 18 inches and that emotion starts to pour out of your eyes. That's all it is. That's what tears are. You're going to have to shed some tears, man. It's not going to be easy. I want to thank my wife on this show, though. This show's dedicated to her. Without her, there would be no ASI. You wouldn't be hearing my voice. I would uh, I would be down and out. And if you're in that place and you feel like uh, you just want to quit, you just want to give up, you just want to quit fighting this battle, I want you to hold on, all right? Hold on. It gets better. So if there's any part of you that downloaded this show that is feeling like you're just looking for any crumb, any shred of how to get over this behavior, how to do this, how can I, how can I do this, Russ? I, I'm so down inside and I just feel like such a piece of garbage. I feel like ending this stuff. I just wanted to stop. I was in, in that place. My heart was such a teeny tiny little thing buried underneath so much garbage and hate and resentment and just bitter, nasty. I was the vampire in my flesh and that, that heart of mine was way down inside there. But you know what? It wanted to stop. It hated what I was doing. It knew that it was hurting my wife and my family. It knew that. That little piece of me. And I'm telling you, that little piece of you, that little tiny piece of you that God put inside you, it really is stronger. And you can conquer this stuff. You can do this. Keep holding on. Never, ever quit. Never give up. Stay here in the fight along with us. You can do this. The show is for my baby Dana. Even when she shook her fist at me, when she was ready to leave, and she got very, very angry. And it, it's my fault, man. I don't blame her for that. If your wife is in that place, there is hope. There is hope for you. If your husband, hold on. Keep holding on. Never, ever quit. Never give up. If you uh, want to send me an email, I encourage you to please send me your emails. Uh, I can talk about the stuff that you're going through if you want. If you don't want me to use your name, I won't. As a matter of fact, if you do want me to use your name, you will have to specify that in the email. I will not use your name unless you tell me I can. Uh, donations. Uh, if it's on your heart to send a donation to this ministry to, to keep uh, ASI going. I pray that you do that. 
I'm in a I'm in a tough place right now, but you have to uh, understand that for for yourself. I'm not Mr. Salesman here trying to sell you on how bad my my financial picture is. You send me uh, you send me a donation if it's in your heart to do so. If there's anything I've spoke that might have hit you in a certain way, I, I pray that you can do that. That's between you and, and me and, and God, I guess. So, until next week, hold on. Just keep holding on. Keep